So hello everyone and welcome to another uh, Pituitary World News Podcast. We call it now the Pituitary Co- Podcast, as you know. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for listening. And I want to uh, today introduce you to Veronica Luis Mendoza, who has a really interesting story to tell us and her, her experience with uh, pituitary disease. So uh, welcome, Veronica. Uh, how are you today? I'm great. I'm great. I'm enjoying the nice weather out here in yeah. the Bay Area. Should, Veronica, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us. Whenever we have interesting people like you and interesting stories, we love to share them on Pituitary World News because I think that it's very helpful to other people that may be going through the same thing. And it's great to hear uh, your story and how you dealt with it and to let everybody know that you're doing great now and that and that. So you were diagnosed with a pituitary disease at the beginning of this year, uh, the beginning of 2023. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and as much information that you'd like to uh, share with us? Sure, sure. And so I was diagnosed in uh, early February 2023, uh, but it was a rather short lead up to it where I was exhibiting some symptoms, and uh, that really was exacerbated in December 2022. And so what happened is I returned home uh, from South Bend to the Bay Area for winter break, and I was spending some time with my boyfriend, and uh, what ended up happening was I, I it felt as if I was a completely different person just in terms of energy level. I was really fatigued. I had headaches almost every day. I had trouble falling asleep, but I was also really tired. So I would take naps throughout the day. And um, I also, according to my boyfriend, I was highly irritable. And so I, I attribute that to, to mood swings. And um, all, all of that being said, I think I was dropped off at the airport. And, um, you know, my boyfriend looked at me in the eye and said, you know, I think I think there's something going on here. You're not really acting like your your normal self and I care about you. And when you go back, I would really love for you to go to the doctor and, and just see what's going on. And I I immediately was like, okay, that that's a serious comment to me. And I sure. I, I wanted it I wanted to also figure out, you know, obviously if if I'm not acting <laughs> as my usual plucky self, then I, I want to figure that out sooner rather than later. And then so I went to student health services at the University of Notre Dame and um, gave them my entire laundry list of symptoms and, and really just kind of tried to, to uh, create that amalgamation of what it was presenting as and, and just having mm-hmm. no clue. And I think in the back of my head, I thought it might have been polycystic ovarian syndrome, just you know, women's health stuff. And so I thought maybe yeah. that was happening. And uh, and then uh, the, the doctor, the family doctor that I was seeing at the Student Health Services Center uh, ran a blood panels for me. And she did the PCOS panel, but she also checked on my thyroid and other hormones. And uh, my, my hormones uh, came back really high and, and abnormal. There was high prolactin, uh, there was uh, there was uh, a high uh, DHEAS and there was also high free testosterone. And so 
that was a really big concern. And that all happened in January, 2023. Uh, yeah. And then moving, moving on, uh, she, she referred me to a specialist. Um, but first she, she also uh, referred me to get an MRI, but also uh, a CT scan of my adrenal glands. Cause so, it could either so be, yeah. No, 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 sorry for interrupting, but they suspected a pituitary issue right away? So it was, it was more so, uh, she did the PCOS panel, and then yeah. it was presenting as PCOS, but she wanted to make sure, and so she ordered an MRI of the brain for the pituitary and a CT scan of the adrenal glands. Okay. Okay. So the, you had the MRI, and what happened? Yeah. So first, first had to rule out probably the scarier of the two, I would say, which was the adrenal glands. And that one was first. The CT scan was first. And then when that came back clear, um, I was I was somewhat relieved, but also like hoping that we would get to a more accurate diagnosis. And then the MRI came back, and then there was a small lesion that was two to three millimeters uh, that appeared on the MRI. And so, yeah, when I came back to the doctor, she said, okay, this is out of my hands now. I need to refer you to a, a specialist. And yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> and then that, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, how, how did you, tumor. yeah. So how did you deal with it? How was it, what was, what was it like for you to be told when you have a, a lesion in the pituitary gland, right? That's what they told you. Uh, that you would have to have surgery, or did you know that immediately, or did you have to go to a specialist for the, to get that? That so. Uh, so actually, while all of this was happening to me, and I was like in the middle of you know just getting my MBA and taking midterms, writing papers, and recruiting yeah, for an not internship. Easy. No, it, it was it was really overwhelming, actually, to hear, you know, you have a pituitary and lesion, which is probably a pituitary tumor. And for lay people speak, that's a brain tumor. <laughs> and so to hear to hear that, I think, was just it, it, you never would imagine it in, in a million years. Uh, no. You know, I came I in think because I thought what it happens... was women's stuff. Yeah, well, I think what happens is that, uh, at least what happened to me is, uh, the minute you hear the word tumor, oh, you know, it's okay, blank, everything goes blank, you know, and you go, okay, well, now I have to deal with this. So yeah. it's not a, it's not a, it's not a word you want to hear somebody say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but yeah. you know, wh when these were potential diagnoses for me, you know, it's 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 a little bit serious if you're getting an MRI and a CT scan of two different hormone secreting organs. And so I did my own research on my own and I said, what the, could this be? And I just kind of was a, a full on bookworm about it. And I, I was reading journals. I was trying to consult my cousin who was in medical school. I was uh, seeking out just all of these different opinions maybe gathering it from my friends, seeing, you know, have I been acting different lately or um, is there is there a before and after of like who I was as, as this person? And I think uh, also watching YouTube videos and, and just and just being a real big nerd about it, uh, trying to yeah. understand what this could be. 
I think it was it was both good and bad. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. at that point in my in my uh, journey because because uh, you know there's some scary stuff on the internet, <laughs> and so I'm interested in your experience and what you were seeing and how you were learning and how you were looking at this information and saying this may be helpful, this is not, and this is sure. why. Did you go? Did you go through any of that? Sure. Yeah, I went through loads of it. I think when I was waiting for my adrenal gland results to come back, I was really scared because that is that has a chance of being cancer um, if there was mm-hmm. a tumor on my adrenal glands versus if it was on the pituitary gland. You know that that's tricky in itself. That's in your brain. That's you're talking about brain surgery. You're talking about other different medications uh, to treat that. And it's it's a very uh, it's a tough spot for the pituitary gland to be in, and yeah. I think finding the reputable sources and also seeking you know a greater support system. I, I really opened up to my friends at Notre Dame. I you know my boyfriend was with me every step of the way, but also helped you know tether me back down to earth and say. And say, okay, these are the odds of you having adrenal cancer versus a pituitary tumor that's probably benign, and working backwards on the math. And you know, I think it took it took a couple of those exercises to be like, okay, you are special, but are you one in you know one, <laughs> one billion special? I yeah, don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, there's so much information that it's overwhelming, and it's so difficult to, for people like you know you and me that had not had heard of these things before. When you start looking at it, there is so much. I mean, anytime you you Google something like this, there's millions of pieces of information. Some of it good, some of it terrible, and and uh, learning what to pay attention to is critical just for your own. Uh, uh, you know, emotional and mental health, I guess. So, yeah. I, I, I think it was also just, uh, you know, as a human trying to grasp onto any bit of knowledge that you can find and then having to, you know, take a step back and say, okay, is this reliable information? How old is this information? And am I just doing this because I have this fear of the unknown and trying to quash that fear? Yeah. Or is this somebody's actual, you know, expert medical opinion that I can yeah. take? So, 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 so that so let's let's talk about now from there to your, you know, what a lot of people call your journey to the diagnosis until you sit down, you sat down with someone, and someone told you this is what you have, and these this is a prognosis, and this is what we're going to do. Why don't you take us through? that a little bit sure so uh when when my mri came back as having a pituitary lesion that was two to three millimeters my doctor at notre dame said this is immediately out of my hands i i want to refer you to a specialist so she asked me there was a couple questions where okay where are you located would you want indianapolis would you want chicago and then when she she uttered the words, you know, you could go through neurosurgery for this as a line of treatment. 
I immediately retracted all of that brainstorming in Chicago and Indianapolis and said, okay, I want to go back home for this procedure and, and uh, yeah, and want to be referred. Yeah, did you make the decision immediately you wanted to have surgery or did they give you the, the option that you could treat it medically? What, what was that like? Yeah, they they mentioned surgery uh, by my that family doctor at Notre Dame, and she said this you this could be a, a treatment for you is taking even the whole pituitary gland, and that was scary for me. But then she oh yeah she, yeah she assured me that you know I could take hormones, but I would just be on it for the rest of my life. And meanwhile, I was doing other research, and it was saying that there's other forms of surgery. There's that transphenoidal surgery, which is what I ended up getting, and and I knew that I wanted to go back home for this, uh, be in my home base, and uh, my sure. my cousin was a medical student at UCSF at the time, and I've heard great things, and even read a couple of of journals when I was doing my first uh, research upon uh, getting a pituitary. A prolactinoma diagnosis and so yeah. i i asked you know is it possible to get referred to ucsf and my doctor said yeah let's do it wonderful so you got referred over there so how was how was that experience talk, talk, talk to me about that so it started with with uh setting up the appointment but then um also getting getting under dr blevins care and so, so Dr. We, Blevins, we should, we, yeah, we should disclose that we, we, we talked about that. And Dr. Blevins is a co-founder of Pituitary Wilderness, as everybody knows, with he and I started this together. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I just want to make yeah. sure people know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and, and he, you know, I, I read his, his bio and, and all the work that he's been doing. And I even went down the rabbit hole of looking at his YouTube videos that he's posted about pituitary tumors and i said wow this is my doctor amazing like i have the utmost faith in whatever he recommends whether or not it's surgery whether or not it's medication and so first step was see an endocrinologist and with that they also wanted me to see a neurosurgeon as well uh, just to get that extra opinion on is this something that needs to be operated on or is this something that could be treated with with that medication and so, yeah. yeah, so I had both, both appointments same day, Dr. Blevins was first and then Dr. Augie and Dr. Blevins told me, you know, the, the MRI uh, does have evidence of a two to three millimeter uh, lesion and he wasn't actually sure if that was big enough to be operated on. And so, oh, okay. yeah, I think that that in my head was was my, my heart sank a little because I I kind of got to this point during my journey where I just wanted the thing out, you know, and sure. it was causing so much problems. It was it was making me go on this crazy side quest, in my opinion, and and have me <laughs> just it, it, it set me back a little bit, you know, where I, I needed to be in school and focusing on my studies. And yet here I am. I'm not in med school, but yet I'm learning all about the body and biology and all of that. And so, yeah. in um, the two-hour wait between Dr. Blevins and Dr. Augie, uh, those appointments, 
I was really, really, really hoping that Dr. Augie would say, yes, I'll operate. Yes, I'll do this for you. Let's book a, let's book a date and, and have it done. Yeah. So what happened? Did they do that? <laughs> yes. Uh, so so uh, after, after meeting with Dr. Blevins and I met with Dr. Augie, I think one of the first things he said out of his mouth was, yes, I'll do this for you. This is, this is no, not a big procedure on, on my end. And yeah. they, they took things into consideration like my age and I am a woman. And so it is a little bit different than just saying, okay, take some medication and you'll be well on your way. Uh, the other, the other issue was I wasn't, I wasn't getting a period. And so I didn't even know that this was a symptom that needed to be listed initially. Uh, I thought it was just side effects of my IUD. And, and yeah. apparently that was a really big concern that was just completely overlooked by me. And yeah, yeah so immediately they said, okay, you know, this, this will be a, a, sh a rather short procedure in the grand scheme of things. And Dr. Augie uh, set a date for me for surgery on April, in April. So the, April of this year you had surgery. I'm assuming it was, it was very successful. Uh, yes. Yeah. So they were able yeah. to resect the host. The, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So what, tell me when, yeah. So that's great. Uh, uh, you're actually, a, you know, great story because it, for you, things worked really well. Very quickly, you realized there was something wrong. Uh, some people go, you know, years and years, sometimes decades, without knowing what was wrong with them. And then when by the time they land in Dr. Aggie's or any other neurosurgeon's uh, practice, they have a huge tumor and they have to deal with all this this other stuff. So 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 how how tell me post surgery and treatment now tell me how that if you if you don't mind telling us sharing with us what your treatment was like uh up to now and how you're feeling and what are sure. the uh you know what what happened after the surgery sure. I think like yeah. I was saying this is going to be really helpful to people that are listening to this that have to go through the same uh same uh, same things that you went through so. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my surgery was incredibly successful. I I woke up and although I was a little groggy from the anesthesia and it, well, I was in a bit of pain, uh, a couple hours after the surgery, I was asking for a milkshake. And so yeah. I think that just goes to show, you know, it's it's scary when you think about it. But when you when you put immense trust in in these medical providers that have had decades of experience and they're super specialized and they're top of the of top class treatment then it's it's really not that it's not that yeah, much to worry you know, about no you know when we when we are asked sometimes uh, you know who, who should i see and we, we typically don't treat not to give names but we you know you can find the really good surgeons but for anybody the question that they need to ask is how many of these operations do you do in a year? You mm -hmm. know, and the, the guys that are really good, these are uh, uh, super, like you say, super specialists, very well trained. These um, surgeries are, I wouldn't say routine, but they're not, you know, they're not really uh, uh, complicated. Exactly. Uh, so, so being in the hands of, a, of an experienced neurosurgeon 
that understands the space that they're working in is critical. Yeah. Because these are small absolutely. little space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, and, and the post op went went really well. Um, there, the week after it, I think I was just really low energy, and and I couldn't really do much. I was, I was just in, in yeah. bed all day. I, w- I would take walks up and down the stairs, but I could still take the stairs. And so it, it was, it was a lot of just resting and sleeping, but I believe mm-hmm. it's when I hit the one week mark that I turned a corner and I, my energy started picking back up and I started feeling really good. I was cracking jokes and, and all of that. And there were, really no other complications and uh just had to deal with somewhat of a of a bloody nose uh, throughout the next yeah. month and yes. yeah and wear this this funky little mustache mask <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing now are you feeling great and uh uh any are you taking any medication or are you just back to, to, com- to completely to normal I would say uh, I would say I'm I'm pretty normal. I think the hardest thing for me to grasp was the inactivity after the surgery. Is I, I love to work out and I love to lift weights, and that was something I had to de- come to terms with. Just you know, rest and recover and and try to get back to the healthiest space you could be uh, w- with the surgery having been there. And so I'd say I'm pretty I'm pretty normal now. I'm. Mm-hmm. I have a follow-up appointment um, with my with my ENT surgeon, who was also in the room during the, the surgery, Dr. Loftus, on Thursday. And I believe this is my last follow-up because uh, I've had to do nasal rinses for the last few months after the surgery. And they're pretty low risk. I mean, anybody could do a nasal rinse and, and get it over the counter nowadays. What What would your advice be? Um, to to people that are going through similar situations as we speak. Yeah, I I think definitely number one is stay calm. There's mm-hmm. so much there's so much misinformation online, and you are truly your own special case that uh, you don't have all of the the full context to understand your treatment needs and your where you are in in line with with the rest of uh what is being published out there and so Mm -hmm. number one is stay calm Uh, number two is i think always be your own advocate uh in in the this healthcare setting uh that being said you not having this information you not seeing the bigger picture doesn't necessarily mean you are completely helpless you, you very much should be your own advocate. And so you should push, you should mm-hmm. be the ones calling uh, calling to make those appointments. And if they haven't gotten back to you in a day, call them again the, the very next day. Or Very or important. Very, very important. And I, and I think that I, I, I very much demonstrated that with just my interactions with my, my student healthcare doctor, but also Dr. Augie's staff and, and Dr. Blevins' staff. Yeah, they heard uh, they heard from me a lot, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so pu- yeah. push push for your your own care and see and, and and if there's something you read online, ask about it during your appointment and say, could this be 
you know, this other diagnosis that I was reading about? Could this be PCOS? Could, or why not? And just kind of take a take a take an angle that you are learning about it and and yeah, yeah. Cu- you're curious about it as opposed to yeah. this is a life or death situation. Yeah. Well, awareness is critical because, and so, like I was saying, we were talking about it, so many people uh, don't, you know, um, realize that symptoms that they're having uh, are, are related to, a, let's say, a pituitary condition, and the primary care physician may not put the dots together, and it may take a long time for a physician to suspect it. Uh, so I think that it, my belief is that if you are, if you have an, some kind of an awareness, and you can focus your doctor to think about certain things, and even mention it, it might just light up a bulb to somebody and say, you know, I'll just go send you get it to send to get a uh, an endocrine panel and see uh, and see what's going on there. Yeah. Um, particularly when you're when you're you know presenting with. Uh, uh, you know these these uh, things that are so common to pituitary disease. The problem is obviously it's difficult because it's so rare. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in in general terms, but still, I think that if we could generate or create a dynamic where the physician suspects it earlier and the patient is helping that physician focus a little more because of awareness general awareness that there is such a thing as a pituitary gland and they can have a tumor on it that can produce yeah. all kinds of issues. It's, that, it's pretty that, it's, you know, it's pretty simple, you know, none, none of this is simple, but in terms of the, of the awareness dynamic, I think it's pretty simple. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I, was, I was very grateful that my, my student healthcare doctor in South Bend, Indiana, put the dots together of even getting me through those endocrine panel testing. And it's so, it's simple in the way that it's a blood test and, and they just, you know, take the blood sample from your arm and then they ship it to a lab and the lab tests for it. And that's sometimes all you need to figure out that decision tree of where, where to go from here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's as simple as somebody putting it on the list of possibilities and saying mm-hmm. this is a possibility. Let's check it out because for many many people, like I was saying, the um, the experience is is many sometimes decades of going back and forth, not understanding what they have. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I've 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 talked to people about uh, I've talked to a friend who has had pituitary surgery for Cushing's disease. And I've also talked to a friend who's gone through the medication route. And uh, I think just talking to people and being open and candid that this is what I'm going through. And I, I, I heard yeah. that you had some sort of similar d- disease back then, or, or you were, you're being treated for it. Uh, can you walk me through how you decided to, to go that route? I think it's super helpful just just to hear other people's stories and that's that's also kind of why i i came here to pituitary world news is because i was just actively seeking out more information for to comfort myself but also to educate myself and to know that i'm not alone yeah well thank you for saying that because we sometimes wonder you know there's so many people that come to this site but we don't hear a lot about you know how did we help and that's just important to uh to learn so we do more of it if we can. 
Oh yeah. I want to thank you again for taking the time and uh, and uh, uh, good luck with your studies and keep us posted how you're doing. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for having me as as a guest on on this podcast, and it's been it's been great now being on the other side of it as well. Great, thank you. Our thanks again to Veronica for sharing her experience with us. And a quick reminder that Pituitary World News is a nonprofit organization supported by contributions from people like you. If you'd like to donate, please go to pituitaryworldnews.org and click on the donate button. Thank you. And thank you for listening. <laughs>